Welcome to episode 233 of Stageworthy. I'm your host, Phil Rickaby. Stageworthy is a podcast about people in Canadian theater featuring conversations with actors, directors, playwrights, and more. And this is the first live episode. My guests this week are Michael Ross Albert and Cass Van Wick. Hello, both of you. Hi. Hello. So this is a, a, a weird time i mean here we are <laughs> yeah. um we're just you know at, at, at a time when we should be gearing up for fringe festivals we are hearing oh. about cancellations and and you guys were going to be going to the brighton fringe if i recall correctly we're diving right in aren't we we're just oh sure yeah we're just straight, jumping straight in wounds. <laughs> oh i'm sorry about these wounds yeah that's okay um it's somewhat comforting to know that everyone is in the same boat. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we were, we, we were planning on going to the Brighton fringe. Um, and now we're not. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's very sad. It's um, well, I, I, and also I, I'm not taking any like visual cues. So Cass interrupt me whenever you want to. Um <laughs> Uh, oh, I, I will. Don't worry. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay, good. So, yeah, we um, uh, our production of the Huns from the Fringe Festival last year was very graciously uh, extended an invitation to participate in the Brighton Fringe, um, and we were Cass was producing the heck out of this tour. Um, we had, you know, marketing materials made. We had posters being printed um, and uh, flights were booked. We had this gorgeous Airbnb. Oh, my we God. Stay in. And, um, you know, everything uh, at a certain point, I think we were talking pretty much every day and um, knew that we weren't going but no one wanted to say it first. Um, yeah. And uh, I, I, it became, it, it became very clear, I guess around the, like the 12th or the 13th of March. Mm. And then um, as we were making plans to sort of assess what we had, what money had been spent and what could be saved, um, we received notice officially that the Brighton Fringe would be postponed uh, until the fall. So, um, sadly, we are among the the countless artists from across the globe who won't be able to share their work with audiences in a physical space. Yeah. And, and I mean, postponing a, a fringe festival is kind of a big idea because it sort of throws off the the rhythm of the summer for one thing, but also a lot of times it's easier for people to to do a fringe in the summer than it is in the fall. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I think that's um, a huge a huge component, not only from hmm. you know uh, you know companies like the, having the availability to participate, but also hmm. from a you know, um, space availability. So theaters, you know, are, you know, traditionally pretty open and available to host shows during the summer. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's really, it's a crazy thing. I, I, I mean, I, I can't think of a time when, I think I read an article today saying that this is the first time in, since the history of Toronto Fringe anyway, um, that they've they've run into um, uh, a, a cancellation like this. So, in a similar yeah. way to it being brand new for you know the government for for us as a society trying to figure out what these new you know uh, precautions are that we have to take and rules that we have to follow. It's going to be a same thing where this is just so unprecedented that um, it's one thing. I think it's one thing to cancel it and kind of hope for the best next year. It's another thing to postpone it. Um, and I do know that Brighton has decided to postpone it until September, October. Mm. But again, I was speaking with folks there and the logistics 
um, of trying to figure that out are just a nightmare. And I really, I send all my good wishes out to them right now because I can't even imagine the logistical nightmare yeah. that they're dealing with trying to figure yeah, that out. The idea of postponing a fringe, the idea of postponing a fringe seems like a thing that's easy to say. Yeah. And harder to do. Uh, the London fringe in Ontario has also postponed to the fall. Mm. Um, and I think they may be in the same the same kind of boat. Easy to say that you're going to do it, much more difficult to actually make. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, we. Um, I I think on in in our little um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for in our bubbles in our um, echo chambers online, we're inundated with. Um, the struggles uh, of of artists who have been affected by this, but arts administrators at this time are like, in my opinion, <laughs> they're up there with frontline workers. The mm. the, yeah. the the level of of difficulty um, that their jobs now involve, um, and uh, the way in which the arts administration community certainly here in this country but i'm sure everywhere has been pulling together to share resources and to try and save these institutions from crumbling at a time where um this could be hugely devastating to their their business structure um they all deserve a really good night at the bar once we're allowed to go <laughs> to the bar once again. No, absolutely. <laughs> and I mean, it's, it's you know, there's all uh, all these fringe festivals that are making these tough calls. The Edinburgh Fringe has has called it and canceled for the first time. And and as we get closer and closer, I was talking to um, Sarah Rankin from the Fundy Fringe, and she's hoping that they can still go ahead, although it may be in a very reduced capacity, because mm -hmm. they won't get those people, because people are probably going to make the choice not to bother touring. Well, that's the other thing, too, is you can you can go and participate as actors, but is anyone going to come and see it? Because there's a real fear of you know, and, and fair enough, and rightly so, yeah. of people congregating right now. That's and the thing. that was actually one of our our choices around um we actually as a group decided not to um although they postponed to september and october we've decided not to participate in that uh postponement date uh just because i mean logistical sides you know logistical reasons aside that we actually don't know what international travel restrictions are going to look like in september october but the no. fear of you know going and spending all that money and going to the other side of you know uh, the 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 ocean and and then having no one come and see the show. Yeah, so it'll be an interesting. I'm actually quite. I was. I've been having some conversations with um, people in the indie theater community, uh, and and it'll be interesting to see if the fact that most of these indie theater um, uh, uh, theaters are are fifty seats and under. Mm. Um, so it'll be interesting mm. to see if, you know, I think about like the Shaw Festival or the Mervis mm -hmm. Productions where these, these are, you know, and, and, and Stratford where it's 200, 300 plus seat houses. Um, I wonder, I mean, they're going to have a hard time filling, filling those spots. So it'll be interesting to see if the yeah. indie theater community kind of <laughs> can take, steal some of those <laughs> patrons to see if they, they people are more comfortable in a in a smaller a smaller group, but I guess it's one of those things. Like I guess time will tell because there's really no way of knowing yeah, at this point. We're we're in this crazy like social experiment almost hmm. where um, I've found comfort in physical distancing, and I don't know when I want to do my commute at rush hour again or when i'll be comfortable to sit in a room with someone directly with a stranger directly next to me you know mm -hmm. like this is this is bringing up a whole sense of um uh anxiety of, around being in crowded places and that's kind of the thing that makes theater awesome <laughs> yeah is being uh sharing a, a, a live communal experience 
and yeah it's um, a really it's that's a really it'll tough be one weird because to see... no go ahead yeah sorry go ahead no, it's just because here we are, you know, uh, theater needs that live audience. And as you can try to do stuff online, but it's it can't ever be the mm -hmm. same. And, mm -hmm. you know, we can only hope that, you know, in some cases that because all of these theaters are 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 closed and they don't want to be closed, but they have to be closed. Mm -hmm. And and that that's revenue out the door. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Big time. Yeah, I mean, here you've got the Assembly Theater, for example, um, yeah. that that is it has canceled all of its all of its shows, and 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 Cass, you know this very well, and and you've got yeah. this the GoFundMe campaign to try to keep those doors open because the yeah. shows are the revenue. Yeah, and I mean, it's 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 a crazy thing because, um, like to your point, it's this whole situation is kind of the antithesis of what theater is you know coming together as a community to share work that you've worked in a group with to present <laughs> like it's really the exact opposite of what we're now being told to do mm. and so how now do theaters like the assembly theater adapt to these new restrictions i mean indie theater artists are used to you know working under crazy restrictions mostly financial mm -hmm. um but this is just unprecedented like there's it's it's one thing to be working with you know a tiny tiny budget to put on a production it's it's another to have no revenue and no money coming in and it's yeah it's it's um i mean nearly impossible at this point like and and the problem is it's like okay we want to see you know and be able to um not only hope for but also from just a a, a, a running of a space perspective we need to be planning to see what beyond this is going to look like but it's hard to do that when in the interim all you're thinking about is how are we going to pay rent yeah you know it's a weird it's a weird um in between <laughs> kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place kind of thing, because you want to really be focused on, you know, the being positive and looking to the future and what is the, what is the, what is, how is this going to affect us once this is all over? And, and what does that look like? Oh, but by the way, rent is due in a week and we don't yeah. have it. So there's yeah. this like, there's this hard in between um, stage that we kind of find ourselves in. And also, I mean, we um, we love being in Parkdale. We absolutely love it. We uh, Louis Fernandez specifically is very involved in the um, Parkdale community. He sits on the BIA, um, but unfortunately, there you know the, it's a it's a, a well known fact that it uh, you know houses some uh, specific uh, members of our community that are a little um, you know uh, down and out, uh, mm -hmm. and with that comes. Um, some uh, crime. And yeah. fortunately, about a week and a half ago, we discovered that someone had tried to break in um, mm -hmm. to the space, which was a real bummer. <laughs> they had tried to jack open the door and they had completely broken the door. And luckily they didn't get in. Luckily, wow. luckily they didn't get in. And, and yeah. um, but they really damaged the door really bad and really kind of gave us a scare. And so yeah. uh, we boarded everything up, um, which just, breaks my heart a little bit yeah. you know it's it's almost like the it's one thing to be emotionally upset uh, about this and have the emotional connection to not being there but to physically be barring yourself from that space like with literal boards is yeah. very yeah. um very disheartening and uh yeah it's 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 now managing that as well you know mm. there's there's a lot of um components to trying to manage how everyone's feeling about this moment right now and and it's hard with that umbrella of rent is due rent is due rent is due just kind yeah. of looming over everyone and and how do we how do we solve that problem is it is it is it through gofundmes is it you know trying to figure out online platforms to make money as many companies are doing now but at the same time it's really hard to you know ask people not not only to donate to a campaign but also buy a ticket to something because we are all literally in the exact same position right now everyone is going through a really really rough time so yeah yeah trying to find that balance is really um it's been something that Lewis and I have been struggling with over the last couple of weeks trying to figure out exactly 
the way to move forward. And I think we're all kind of in a similar state where it, because things are changing daily, like the prime minister speaks every day at 1115 and I tune in every day at 1115 and every day there's something new. <laughs> yeah. And so it's absolutely impossible to know what tomorrow's going to bring. So how do you plan beyond that? Like, anyway, it's such a crazy, like <laughs> yeah, no, but it's so crazy to be, you know, I mean, yes, it's true that every day before this, we never really knew what tomorrow held, but there were things that you could assume about tomorrow. You know, you could assume your job, you could assume traffic, you could assume certain things. And now we can assume nothing about yeah. tomorrow. Yeah. Um, and when this is all over, however long that is, when we get back to it, as Michael was saying, we have to relearn how to be in a room with strangers. Yeah. And mm -hmm. also, it's not like the day after this, the 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 social distancing is over that we can just sort of throw on a show mm -hmm. there's a there's a recovery <laughs> period where we then have to start you know planning for shows which we haven't been able to do and then yeah yeah it's going to be yeah and you, you know uh, um just like from an organizational standpoint um the cancellation and reprogramming of many shows mm -hmm. that happen this season um are already uh, taking their the, the coronavirus is the gift that gets, keeps on giving um, after <laughs> I found out about um, uh, the Huns not moving to Brighton um, I have a, a commission that was going to take place at the theater center in May of 2021 mm -hmm. uh, and because this company's spring programming this year had to be canceled um, and financially uh, they need to, you know, make these tough decisions. That play that was going to happen in May 2021 will be replaced by a project that was canceled in spring of 2020. And mm. so, the like, we're feeling the the reverberations of mm -hmm. um, we will be feeling the reverberations of this from for for quite a while. Yeah, um, from a logistical standpoint. And, yeah. and then from an, an artistic standpoint, um, and maybe this is this is like one of those one of those coronavirus days. But um, <laughs> I, I wonder I wonder how um, I, like to a certain degree, a lot of this all seems a lot of what we do seems meaningless <laughs> when you think about um you know, a, a project that was dealing with the current political moment, hmm. that current political moment is now completely different. The, yeah. um, the, the, the reality that we will return to is going to be very different and it makes everything. So, so, you know, there, there are a lot of projects that are, um, that are being put on hold that mm -hmm. are uh, going to be reevaluated through post coronavirus eyes. And, um, and, and that's, that interests me in particular, keeping we, we're, we're planning on doing the Huns um, next year uh, in the spring and thinking about, I, I was th <laughs> I was thinking about that play in terms of a like post coronavirus lens, mm -hmm. and I think there are there are certainly themes about uh, you know the rat race and trying to trying to keep up and and being being close with with your colleagues, but also being distant from them that, you know, it, 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 in a sense, I'm rambling, but ultimately it means I am now <laughs> looking at, um, at art differently mm -hmm. because of how they, um, how they engage with this current or, near future moment it, it's true you make a really good point because i mean it's the biggest you know true cliche of them all is you know art imitates life right and we 
as a society, as a world, are going through an incredible shift right now. I mean, it's really shifting the way people look at their government. It's shaping the way we, it's, it's real, making us reevaluate what's actually really important to us and what's not. It's, you know, it's, I, I think for me personally, I can only speak to my own experience right now, but it's really um, stressing for me just how it, it, important community and mm. physical touch and actually being able to talk to someone in person, not through a screen mm. is. And it's one of those things that these luxuries are all very good and wonderful when you have a choice. And as soon as you don't have a choice, you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> It's like, it's like, here's all these delicious cookies. Look at all these wonderful, wonderful cookies. And as soon as someone <laughs> says, no, you can't have the cookies, all you mm. want is the cookies. You know? yeah. The cookie all of a sudden becomes very, very important. And I think culturally as, as a society, we are really now um, shifting and, and kind of, I mean, again, I can only speak to myself, but really taking stock in, in what's really important. And I think, like you said, Michael, I think there's going to be an interesting shift in the art that that comes out of that because, w I mean, we will be fundamentally different after mm -hmm. this as a world, as an entire world. And it's and it's very, I mean, obviously the three of us aren't old enough to have experienced like World War II or anything that would have affected the entire world in this kind of on a similar impact um culturally significant but but for us this is our kind of big moment and it'll be really really interesting to see what um the art does with it like how what 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 is produced because of it that'll be it's true because you can't help it see things through this lens now you just you just can't help it well, I mean, I see everything through the lens of like, how close is that person to me every time I leave my house for a walk, yeah. you know, like, oh, yeah. why is that jogger running so close to me? You know, why is, you know, why, how dare that person not wear a mask? There's all these like things. The that... <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, so it's, it's just a matter of, uh, of uh, like all these things are changing. And also we're trying to, to, to still try to do something with our art in a way that because a video a video a play over video chat doesn't it, it's not the same mm -hmm. you know you're seeing just no, a bunch of disembodied heads there's no production mm -hmm. value to it you know mm -hmm. it's not quite the same. Oh, can you still hear me yes we can Oh, good. Um, sorry, I <laughs> cut you off. That's okay. I uh, when when I was in theater school, I, I had um, uh, in undergrad, I had this um, uh, a professor who was very keen on theater and new media, and um, it I, I I you know slings and arrows had just come out, and I was like a tin sheet. And <laughs> like, that's yeah. all storm. you know, I, I, I didn't think, um, uh, I, I really believed in, in, um, in theater in terms of its physical space and the connection to the audience and, and very, um, you know, low, low production value, high emotional content. And I wish I had paid more attention to him. <laughs> looking, at, <laughs> looking at this current moment i wish everyone had listened to those crazy uh visionary uh people that were pushing the boundaries of the medium and of liveness and of ephemeral experiences as they can exist in a virtual space because mm -hmm. these zoom things are so boring <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and and we're all like can we, can we post really on that artist. michael that's gonna be uh posted yeah, on the headline tomorrow you know. <laughs> well i mean I've, I've i've tried them myself and i and i realize i just i don't we don't have the panache yet we yeah. don't we don't know how to utilize this um to their uh greatest capabilities yeah, I mean, maybe we have, maybe we have realized that, and there's a there's a platform that doesn't yet exist. 
um, for musical performances. I know people are having a really hard time synchronizing, mm-hmm. uh, like when different musicians play in different spaces. Um, and it's and, and maybe this pushes that envelope. Maybe this forces the innovators to think of more unique um, ways for us to create and to perform in a in a virtual space. But you moment, know what it is too. I think. Sorry. Yeah. I what I think even from an audience side of things. Because if I, I mean, if I go, if I watch a movie at home versus going to watch a movie at the movies with a, you know, 150 people in the audience, even if there isn't a live component to what's being presented, there still is a community aspect to it that enhances what you're experiencing. You know, I would even argue even more on like a, you know, like a superhero or something very culty, you know, that people are all major, major fans of and all, you know, share this common interest and everyone's there to experience this together. And regardless of the actual, I mean, obviously movies, there's no live component. There isn't a physical person in front of you performing. But even the act of, as, of coming together as an audience to experience the same thing for the love of what you're about to experience is complete. That, that component is completely gone, like completely wiped yeah, out. Well, and because you become complicit in the action, in a way, yeah. you are an yeah. important factor. If you get up and check your cell phone and go to the bathroom and make a snack in the middle of a movie or a live theater performance, you have ruined the experience for everyone involved. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it has no consequences when we're sitting and watching at home. No, on the other on the other hand, you know, yeah, on the other hand, I spend, you know, with my day job, I spend my time in several hours a day of Zoom meetings. Mm-hmm. And I find it then difficult to then to come and try to think of this Zoom window now as a theater. Yeah. When it's been dry meetings yeah. all day. Yes. Yes. It's how do we now turn those mediums into creative mediums as opposed to yeah. the business models that have they've been designed for? I mean, I think yeah. of, I, I know um, Howland right now, Howland Theater Company has come up with a really creative um, way of using Instagram Live where uh, they're doing this murder mystery, this um, uh, improvised murder mystery saga this week. Um, I think it's on in half an hour. So if we're yeah. done in half an hour, tune in um, yeah. <laughs> for episode two. Um, but even using Instagram. So Instagram is not a business platform. Mm-hmm. It is not, um, you know, used for meetings and calls and this, that, the other. It is specifically a creative platform. So I don't know if that was their own, you know, recognizing that this was a um, uh, non-businessy platform or much just mm. on the fact that it's much more accessible to most people to just kind of log into their Instagram and click the live button. Um, mm-hmm. But I watched a bit of it last night. It worked really well. <laughs> like I was That's very, yeah. I was very wow. impressed with what they were able to do on that platform. And I'm actually excited to see what the creativity because i mean created the best creativity comes out of the biggest obstacles right it, it's just that's yeah. just a fact and so this is a i would argue <laughs> financially a little bit more difficult of an mm. obstacle for us to all overcome but creativity i'm really excited to see what um uh, comes from that and myself included like i i myself is not only uh, being worried about the finances, but myself as an artist, I'm, I'm curious mm. to see how I can adapt what I want to be doing to meet these uh, new restrictions. Yeah. Uh, Michael, next time you talk, can you just check your distance to your microphone? Cause you're sounding a little far away again. Um, oh, I'm sorry. That's how okay. That's right perfect. Now? That's perfect. Thank you. I, I started uh, to get up and walk around. I'm pacing. I understand. I understand. <laughs> I I would I would be pacing if I could, but I have to be in front of the computer. I always find, but it's it's so much easier to have one of these conversations if you can if you can uh, can't see the person to be able to 
to talk. Uh-huh. The problem with these the, these these video platforms is that is that it's business that's creating them for a business use. Uh, I see what you're saying. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. yes. And well, somehow okay. we need to find a way, some kind of adjustment or some innovator to come in with something that works both as a for business and for theater or for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah. And I think to a degree, a lot of it is a similar problem that we were encountering with the imminent cancellation of the Huns mm. is that we don't want to acknowledge that this will go on for a long time. Mm. Um, you know, we're, I think collectively we're, um, we're in a kind of a holding pattern that feels comfortable. And we know that so sooner or later we'll be back in a room with other people and, and life will continue on. Um, but, I, I don't know that anyone and and so because of that I don't know that anyone is like is or maybe they are maybe there's someone who's been recently laid off and is sitting mm. in their basement and thinking I need to find a way to connect the members of this band to live stream their concert um and I hope they do because yeah. um it'll be useful in the future and for now, we we take the the platforms that we have at our disposal and um, and make the best of them. And I yeah. think you know it, all it takes is looking around the Toronto community to see people who are innovating and adapting, like the Howland Company, like outside the March. Um, there are there are so look. It's such a it's such a strong vivid imaginative community and, mm-hmm. and people are, are really banding together to make great things together. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um, you know, yeah, hopefully it's funny. I've been, I've been doing that a, continues. Yeah. I've been, I've, I've been participating in some of the zoom, you know, readings. Um, uh, and, um, I also, uh, was participating in, I have a friend who, uh, hosts a um, trivia night at a pub on Monday mm. nights. Um, in in the in the pre coronavirus world, that's what happens. <laughs> um, in the current coronavirus world, the uh, pub owner contacted my friend and said, "Is there a way for us to do this online? Because it is actually a huge community event at this pub. Mm. A lot of people." come on Monday nights and get together and play trivia. It is, it is just part of the culture of that neighborhood. Mm. And um, in order to continue that, he wanted to try and find a solution for people to still be able to commute to, to connect. Um, so my friend uh, developed this pub night uh, via, or this trivia pub night via zoom. Mm. Um, and I was watching the difference between him because, because it is a very performative thing it's essentially a one-man show just asking questions at people yeah. right it's essentially you're you're playing the you know the role of 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 host and and mc and 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 running this night um and uh i, I was i was i was kind of analyzing the difference between what he has been doing versus what the the readings that i've been participating in is and it really seems like when it's one person performing to a camera of people watching it works really well but Interesting. as soon as you add mm-hmm. a second person to perform with mm. it falls flat because when you're performing to someone there's a visceral physical connection of having mm. them right there unless of course you're performing a monologue and all these other components obviously but but there's something that's really lost as soon as there's a back and forth via a a platform like zoom um there's also that that lag that happens um where the conversation can't flow because the video is lagging or somebody is frozen or all of these things because our technology is not quite where we need it to Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. absolutely Absolutely. Michael, yeah. as a as a as a creator, I don't know about you, but I was finding for the first probably about two weeks of of the 
the social distancing and the stay home and all of that, the level of anxiety in the air uh-huh. was not exactly um, uh, conducive to creating anything. Mm-hmm. I would tell myself I, I should be doing something. There's this time now. I'm not doing anything yeah. else, but I just couldn't get past oh, and that. All those jerks. All the jerks on the internet started spreading that meme about how Shakespeare wrote King Lear when he was in quarantine. Yes, and it's yes, like yeah. no pressure, right? None, none. Uh, yeah. Oh, I guess this is the time I should write one of the greatest masterpieces of Western art. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think. Um, they didn't mention how far into quarantine it took Shakespeare to get out of bed and start writing. Um, no. <laughs> and, and and that might be <laughs> worthwhile. Um, it, it's been very, yeah. Uh, it's been strange, honestly. Um, I have felt the pressure to work on stuff, um, both uh, societally there are people mm. who are really great at um at taking lemons and making lemonade uh mm-hmm. and and also the fact that i, I like i i do have <laughs> i have writing contracts that i should be fulfilling i have deadlines mm. um <laughs> in the world that that continues to march forward and um i have found it very difficult to uh to get anything done to Mm. think about anything but the circumstances um i also have a full-time job and have been working from home and that has brought with it a whole new set of Mm realities and anxieties and um and and new things to adjust to um i'm i'm very grateful that my uh my my one of my deadlines has been pushed forward it's forcing Mm. me to work um i say that but i haven't really started doing anything yet Uh, but it's forced me to think about working um you know, I, I read an article that that uh, that likened this to the grieving process, mm-hmm. and I think there was a while there where we were all in a a very prolonged state of either denial or bargaining. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm I'm so I'm really grateful for this, but also um, a bit uh overwhelmed by it that that there are people that have written plays in a week or two Mm. days or have tackled the next draft of their screenplay and have sent them to me like (laughs) looking for notes asking for my my thoughts and i just sit there and think you sons of bitches (laughs) (laughs) i can't believe you are getting any work done i haven't done a sit-up in days yeah Uh, so uh so is that an answer did you uh, that's that? absolutely yeah. that's absolutely an answer i just found it <laughs> difficult because you know i don't know about you i heard a term within the first few days of of the quote-unquote quarantine i started to hear it on podcasts that that people had spent the weekend panic scrolling and as soon <laughs> as i as soon as i heard that phrase i was like that phrase didn't exist before now but i know exactly what that means because mm-hmm. i too spent the weekend I, panic scrolling <laughs> And I still catch yeah, myself panic I, scrolling. I have days. I, I definitely. <laughs> um, I, I there was one evening last week where I watched the national twice in a row. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> um, That's the most Michael thing so, I ever. <laughs> they play it four times in a row. Well, there you um, go. And you only watched it twice. <laughs> the CBC <laughs> is making some great content that we're, we're, mm. we can talk about that later. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I've I've been I I either binge the news or I don't pay attention to it at all. Right. I either panic, scroll, or I mm. keep my phone in another room for an entire yeah. day. Mm-hmm. Um, it, there have been really extreme. <laughs> uh emotions and, and adjustments uh that i've been 
navigating throughout this thing. Uh, and hopefully at a certain point, writing will enter back into the equation. I'm kind of assuming that after a period of terrified inaction of paralytic anxiety, that, that, that as that subsides, time will allow the writing and, and, and creative pursuits to, to come up. I, I also, these people who are writing a lot of stuff, I don't know how they're doing it. So, um, Good on them. I don't know how, but how dare they? Um, <laughs> but one thing that I, I, I would, as we, yeah, go ahead. At the beginning of this, um, I was thinking about doing, I, I had really high hopes for like bringing back some of my hard grad school exercises, like write a play a day every day for seven days uh, or, you know, try like th these, these, these games, the, right. it, like home workouts, you know, there was a, and, and, um, and I was very enthusiastic about building that program for myself. Uh, and then, uh, <laughs> and then didn't do it. <laughs> uh, so uh, hopefully, so I, I think that that was part of it. I think that that was kind of like bargaining, you know, mm. this won't be so bad. I will write every day. Yes. This won't be so bad. I'll lose 25 pounds. Like, you know, yeah. whatever it was that, um, and I think there are, there are people that are very good at, um, at, at restructuring under difficult circumstances. And then there are people that, watch the national twice in a row. Um, <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to be judgmental of my, of, <laughs> of who I am. Um, the really good thing is uh, that the Howland company um, has very graciously um, decided to work on uh or workshop a play of mine and and i think they had and we were going to um we were planning on doing this in the fall and uh um they have pushed that date forward by uh quite significantly so that we can do it um mm. in a fun zoom reading or yeah. <laughs> or or some other kind of creative method um mm in order so it's it's and i'm uh i i it's a script that i really care about and is mm. um not that i don't care about every script but like <laughs> it it's something that requires my attention and um thinking about it under these circumstances and um and and planning for the the changes that are going to be made to it have 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 been a real help in getting back to a certain kind of normal mm. uh, after adjusting to this mm. new craziness. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, just as we sort of like start to start to uh, head towards the end, we've been talking a lot about about anxiety and and all kinds of things that are you know that are at the top of mind, but are not necessarily positive things to think about. And I would like to ask you each, um, what's something that you have that has been uh, 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 enjoyable for you? Something that's been exciting? Something that's been new? Something that's that's made you happy in the last couple of weeks? Ooh, good question. Um, uh, I will say I'm finding that I'm reconnecting with a lot of people um, that I haven't, not that haven't had the desire to, but maybe on both ends, we haven't necessarily had the time um, or, you know, the bandwidth to be able to reach out and say, hey, how's it going? What's up? Um, I think there's something really interesting that's happening because we are all literally in the exact same boat, <laughs> all of us, that there's a real camaraderie that's coming out of that. Um, and perhaps maybe, you know, friends who we've lost, you haven't stayed in touch with and maybe under different circumstances would assume we don't have the same commonalities anymore. Now, all mm. of a sudden, uh, find ourselves having something to use to re-engage that friendship. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I will say I have been um, had the opportunity. I dropped my my earpod. Sorry. <laughs> That's all right. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'm back. Can you hear me? (laughs) Yes, yes. Okay, good. Sorry, I dropped my my phones came out of my ears. Anyway, um, this beautiful heartfelt thing, and now things are falling apart. State of the world. (laughs) Um, uh, yeah. So that's yes, yes. That's what it is for me. I've had a, a really a lovely time reconnecting with, and I had the best talk with. I've had the same. Uh, best friends, best girlfriends since I was in kindergarten. I grew up in a very small town. So um, the joke was that you were either friends or you just didn't have friends. But I like think we've remained friends beyond that. Um, and uh, I had a, a, a three hour <laughs> FaceTime chat with the three of them on Friday. And that was something, mm-hmm. you know, they a lot of them are married with kids and, you know, careers and this, that and the other. And although we do try and get together once a year, just having the time to kind of just sit and talk and without Mm. kids, without husbands, without Mm. the craziness that's going on was really, really, really lovely. And I didn't know how necessary until um, I I had it. There was a real, I think, I think over the last little bit, I've had an opportunity to participate in, um, a lot of these readings, which has been really lovely from a creative standpoint, because the artist in me is very happy who, you know, can sit down and read a script and think about a character and this, that and the other. But from a human level, I hadn't I was really missing um, the human connection. And over the last mm. two weeks, um, I've really been able to uh, keep up that human connection by by reconnecting with people that I haven't spoken with in a while and also reconnecting with with very, very, very close friends. So nice. yeah, that's, that's what I would say. That's, that's made me happy over the last couple of weeks. Nice. Michael. Um, well, you know, really all of the things I just spent the last, however long complaining about, <laughs> I, have brought me a ton of joy. Honestly, like um, it, it's it, the flip side of the coin is that, yeah, my inbox is full of um, projects by amazing friends uh, who are fantastic artists that are making things and want to share them with people or people trying to adapt to the circumstances that we're in and overcoming these collective doldrums to to like spice up everyone's lives. Um, there's there has been a really a really welcome, embracing of Mm. community through this Mm. and um uh i i participate in like weekly town halls uh about um how this is affecting arts organizations across the country and seeing everyone committed passionate and um uh and 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 determined to share resources and come out like it's business as usual after this. It's so inspiring. I, I have been more proud of the local arts community Mm -hmm. and um, happier to be a part of it. Um, And I have been taking walks in nature, which is maybe not, what I'm supposed to do for social distancing, <laughs> but um, uh, there has been a real um, a slowing down, um, a, a kind of relaxed pace that that this is forcing everyone to go to move at, and I, I think that the world was moving very fast. And perhaps this is the universe's way of telling us we all need to take a sick day. The, the reality of it yeah. is, is quite frightening, but, um, but hopefully we will gain a lot of patience and perspective and, um, and it will reinforce a lot of values that I think we might have been losing sight of, namely, the need for community, 
the need for the arts and um, and uh, using that to take care of one another. So, yeah, <laughs> I'm also um, eating all of the chips. Uh, yeah, there will sorry. be. People think <laughs> that there's a shortage of, of toilet paper right now. There is going to be shortage of chips to uh, sustain Michael's uh, very aggressive addiction. Um, I just received a message on <laughs> Facebook from Phil saying that his computer has uh, randomly shut itself down. So, um, I think oh, I on wasn't, that note, Michael. <laughs> are we still going? We are still going. <laughs> <laughs> if- uh, if a podcast falls in the woods <laughs> now we can look <laughs> um, first of all fuck Donald Trump <laughs> um, why am I apologizing for that don't apologize for that never apologize for uh, that phrase the man's a lunatic and on that note I think perhaps uh, we shut this down uh, thank you very much Phil for do we, but how us. do we I think we just end. I think we just did. He tell you to do that? Yeah. (laughs) Is it still being recorded? Is still listening to us just ramble on? on. We apologize. I think it's still going. I think we're still going. I know. This is what I keep. There are four people listening. Hello, two other people. Because (laughs) identify yourselves. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Um. Yeah. Anyway, uh, should we just uh, le- should we leave? I think leave? we just uh, close this off. I, can... I think. Well, thank you, thank you, Phil. <laughs> yes, you... <laughs> <laughs> this seems so silly. This is very silly. Um, but yeah, thank you very much, Phil, for uh, having us, and um, we really appreciate you giving artists a platform to talk about their trials and tribulations during this Ron Fromstein. Oh, hey, Ron. What up, bro? Sorry, hey, I just... Hi, Ron. <laughs> I managed to get back in, you guys. Thank you oh, so much you're, for, you're for, for talking. We were... Just, we we were, were nothing nothing happened. We were holding it down. <laughs> we were being completely professional. I have no doubt. I have no he doubt. Has, <laughs> and Michael has no opinion on Donald Trump. Do not worry. <laughs> uh, I'm not worried at all. Who... What what problem could come from from somebody saying something about <laughs> Donald Trump? Thanks a lot, you guys. I really appreciate you guys having this conversation with me tonight. Of course, thanks so much for Thank having you, us. Thank you, Phil. Thanks for having you. us.